0: gamers in, come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan.
1: Hello. How are you?
0: Good. We're trying something a little bit new this week. Uh, My XSplit license actually ran out, so I'm not using XSplit to do any of my recording anymore. I have fully switched over to OBS. And uh, that means I'm uh, running my virtual camera because there's a new add-on, so Ryan can actually see me. Ah,
1: uh, the <laughs> hair—I can see it. It's bright. Uh, it's it's delightful. It's you know it's <laughs> it's and I can see myself looking in, and I'm all like out of sync, so it's like I can see the past, man. <laughs> um, the, uh, so you know OBS—we don't talk about this often—but OBS and XSplit power what we do power what you do i've always been the person who's like it's extra life i better start streaming i better start knowing how to stream i'll stream maybe like two to three times during the year outside of extra life and xsplits usually my go-to because it's it's what i know obs was this very third-party app uh, that was kind of janky, but well, I feel it's open like
0: source right so. exactly.
1: But I feel like it's come a long way. Has it come a long way?
0: I feel like it has, but I also know how to use it now. It does mm. have a very steep learning curve because you know it it's it, it's open source. It's made by you know software designers, not necessarily like UI people. I find Explit the UI is a lot easier, but um, now that I know how to OBS, I much much prefer it. It doesn't take nearly as many um, resources on my computer. <laughs> okay,
1: and then there's and then there are additional services that I know of: Stream Elements and Streamlabs. Those are different, right?
0: Right. And I should okay. say, if you want to talk about this right off the top, I am a stream elements promoter now. So I oh. actually work for them. So,
1: so we can't talk about stream labs. Is that what you're no, saying? No, <laughs> no,
0: no, no. We can talk about them. I'm just letting everybody know right up front that, you know, this is probably going to sound biased, but, oh,
1: okay. um,
0: The reason that I actually uh, found out about Stream Elements was through Extra Life, which we were doing. That's where we did all of our overlays and everything else because they have like really super cool, totally free overlays that you can use as a content creator, as a Twitch streamer. And uh, yeah, so that's how I originally found them. And the reason why I am where I am with them now is because I really think that they are a far superior company. They have awesome customer support. I had like I asked a question in their support channel on discord and I automatically had somebody like assigned to my case basically to like help me out with, um, Hmm. with doing all of the, uh, like getting everything set up and everything else. Um, yeah. So the support is like next level. Um, the stuff that they offer is awesome. They don't charge me any money to use any of their donation tipping services. Like they're just, I find, like with uh, Streamlabs, which used to be Twitch Alerts, which I did use for years, um, their customer support just wasn't very good. And when I asked them questions specifically about Extra Life, um, the answers that I got were not very nice. So, um, yeah, I just uh, I switched, and I've never looked back. I used it for we used it, we both used it for yeah. um, Extra Life, and uh, then I continued to use it for uh, for the rest of my streams, and and I love it. and Basically, what um, Streamlabs and Stream Elements both do—they are competitors—but um, what they both do is they do all of like the alerts, they do the chat bots, they do um, like channel currencies, uh, they do all the kind of stuff that uh, you are have maybe seen in uh, like bigger streamers' channels. That's mm-hmm. basically they they're both services that offer those things to streamers. So, okay. um, with the exception, I don't believe Streamlabs has overlays. But I could be mistaken because like I said, once I once I saw that stream elements had free overlays and they're really freaking cool. I like them quite a lot. Um, mm. I switched to stream labs and haven't looked back. So when I was using Streamlabs, labs, they didn't have overlays. They might now. I don't know. Um, but uh, stream elements employs like a full time artist that is creating different overlays. It seems like weekly. Um, and yeah, they're they're awesome. So how, how do they
1: make money <laughs> like if it's free, right?
0: Uh well I mean I I don't know how much information I'm actually able to go into but it's not off the streamers which is the important thing it's like it's like advertising stuff okay well then
1: well that's I mean that's probably something you would see up front the the reason I ask is because a it's interesting and b I've sort of been now that the office is set up extra Mm -hmm. life is over you know the scars have healed over from playing video games for twenty four hours I think it's time that we we healed (laughs) and we can move on and I like streaming. But from more of a casual, like I'm never gonna be like streaming every day. Cause that's what I do. I, I couldn't do that. Uh, I don't know where that voice came from. Um, but I like streaming and playing video games for, uh, for folks for them to watch. And we I used to do um, prep in the inn was what, like a YouTube right. series where we play. I played video games that I was gonna talk about, and that was a lot of work. But I and not that streaming is would be less work but i feel like stre- just streaming it having it go out into the internet and then it's done twitch archives it i don't have to touch youtube don't yep. have to edit anything i just have to play it on the fly and i feel like that would be really really cool and i've been looking at ways to kind of do more with the fans more gamers in stuff and i feel like streaming is like that thing uh it's just a matter of and, and the beauty of it is, is though is that i have to play video games for the show so i have to find time i have to carve out that time to play those video games so what better way to carve out time than by saying i have to play these games in front of people therefore i need like an hour to to like kind of refresh on something and obviously this hasn't gone through the approval processes uh, Ashley doesn't know anything. I'm just spitballing Oh,
0: okay. Here. I was like, what? <laughs> what approval process?
1: Oh, no, no. I don't need your permission.
0: <laughs> I was like, um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, meant, I meant in terms of being like, hey, I'm going to do another thing on an evening that isn't Wednesday.
0: Right. Is that okay? Right.
1: Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I don't know. It sounds like something that would be a lot of fun and something that I used to do a lot of. And I think uh, once Caden was born, I found it was a little tough. But now that we're, we're in a groove and the evenings are getting back to normal and Abby's sort of content and Caden's like sleeping like a rock, seven o'clock hits, he's boom, he's down. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I like streaming, but I, I think it was Streamlabs. The cool thing was is that they did like an OBS, the, OBS is open source. So they did an OBS version of Streamlabs that looked right. really neat. Uh, But stream elements is something that you say is, is, uh, is top notch. And that is what we use for, for For actually, yeah. All right. Well, I'll have to check it out. I'm always interested in looking at, and I don't, I don't think I want to go to XSplit because I would stream minimal. So I feel like Mm -hmm. it'd be better for me to figure out OBS than to try and subscribe to XSplit. Like it wouldn't be cost effective.
0: You would yeah, you wouldn't use it as much. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, that makes total sense. So, uh, yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you're looking more at streaming because I, I quite enjoy streaming. So. I know,
1: and a lot of people do. And I'm, I, <laughs> yeah. and I, Streaming is fun. Don't, don't don't get me wrong. In that I, you, I, I don't think streaming is a lot of fun, um, but it is a lot of work. As as yes. is evident by uh, our tardiness and Windows being a stupid head. So
0: yeah. Um, And I feel like that's something that people don't necessarily realize. They think that you just kind of like flip a switch, go live and play video games. And there's so, so much more to it than that. Hmm. Um, There's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes with like things like overlays and bots and setting things up and software and updates and learning and like the learning curves on some of these things. It's very, very steep. So, I mean, there is so much more to it than just. Turning on the camera and then things look super awesome and super pro. Uh, so yeah, actually, like you you learn a lot about video editing and like just stuff like that. Video uh, photo editing, like all that kind of. I've done so much stuff in the last like three years that I never would have done had I not been a streamer. So uh, like, they're just my my program knowledge in a lot of different areas is just so much better than it was. So there's a lot to it, um, but I think it's it's fun and rewarding. So as long as you um, the one thing I will say about streaming, and I don't think you're going to have this problem, but um, I know a lot of people attempting to build their channels do the whole, like, 10 to 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Like, they stream just ridiculous amounts. So just always make sure that you're, like, taking care of yourself at the same time if you are streaming. That's- yeah,
1: I've, I've seen the article, like, the burnout articles are, are yeah. sort of hitting, hitting the waves, and I think January is kind of a, a the month for those sort of things. But I was thinking, like, an hour every tuesday maybe
0: <laughs> which is know. which is obviously which is fine it's, yeah. it's moderation right yeah. so if anything the I, burn I mean. like i'm sure i'm sure you're fine but if anyone's listening to the sound mm-hmm. of my voice considering streaming i would say yes do it but make sure that you do it in moderation and stick to a schedule that works for you you don't necessarily have to do 10 to 12 hours a day that's absolute insanity
1: no, you don't have to go balls to the wall right away you can kind <laughs> of keep your well, balls just, away like, from the wall it'll be fine <laughs>
0: I think it's like that's how um, it was kind of done three or four years ago Hmm. on Twitch and the kind of the precedent was set and that's how people grew their channels that's how like people who have these you know like 10, 20, 30,000 viewers that's how they built their channels Um, and people see that and then think that they have to do it like that and it's just like man those people now this is why we're getting all the burnout articles is because they're saying like Oh my God, like I lost my partner, like my girlfriend or my boyfriend or, you know, like I, I didn't ever left the house. I gained 55 pounds because I just ordered pizza and sat in front of my computer all the day because I didn't have time to cook because I was streaming. Like there's a lot of burnout, I think, that's coming from some of those bigger streamers now. So just if it's something you're considering, yeah, remember, just take care of yourself first and stream second. <laughs> and the, you know the uh, what the
1: goal that people are going for which is the twitch affiliate slash partner program the the goals for that aren't crazy from they're they require a commitment but they're not unheard of I, I think it's what like uh consistently streaming for a month and then i think it's
0: like yeah a certain number i think it's like 12 streams over the course of a month and you have to hit a certain number of hours as well but the hours are like 25 hours or something like that so it's really it's like it's a couple mm-hmm. of hours you know every other day or you know whatever so it's it's not um yeah it's not outrageous so you need the um, followers
1: and whatnot but yeah
0: yeah but even then um like i think the follower number of followers you need to become an affiliate is 50 so it's not oh. even uh it's not crazy Uh, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I think, uh, streaming is really fun. And, and if anyone is interested in streaming and has any questions about, uh, particularly stream elements, but also like Twitch or OBS or whatever, um, just hit me up in discord. So, uh, you guys should already be there, but if you aren't, uh, it's bit.ly slash TGI discord, you can either, uh, put a message in the general discord channel or you can, uh, DM me if you'd rather keep it quiet. It's totally up to you, but, uh. I am a resource for uh, anyone who's looking to getting it, to get into streaming, anyone who's already streaming, who's interested in stream elements, all that kind of stuff. just hit me up. Um, right. That was a much longer intro than I thought it was going to be. Uh, you know what it
1: was I see something interesting, I pounce on it and uh, yeah, I, I don't have a ton to talk about tonight uh so i just figured hey let's talk about streaming because that's it's the thing people people are always interested in how those work and it changes so often so like checking in every couple months is uh is always good
0: (laughs) uh so we're going to talk about the things that we're playing tonight although uh Just judging by what you just said and by what I have to talk about, I don't really think that this section is going to be too long. But later on, we are going to talk about Nintendo's big announcement. So, Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, Ryan, why don't you tell me about Paladins? Because this is something that we both played. I really didn't love. And uh, it kind of uh, reminded me of Overwatch. But at the time, I preferred Overwatch. And then um, I fell off of Overwatch and never went back to either one. So... Jumping back into paladins now that it's because I think I played like when it first came out in like early early beta. So mm-hmm. um, jumping back in now because it's it's been officially released. Then how does it feel?
1: So here here's the thing, Jim, who went to uh, HRX, I think is what it's called in in Atlanta.
0: IRES Expo. I yeah.
1: So he he was saying on Twitter like I really need to get back into paladins, and I thought, hey, that sounds like a great idea. Um, Paladins all, to me always looked really cool. The heroes always had a neat design, and they were very—they were all varied in, in a way similar to Overwatch, but more so. Like it was less sci-fi, more fantasy. It was like mm. a—it was like a fantasy MOBA um, or hero shooter, as, as Overwatch calls it. But the, it when you're right, when it first came out in beta, I think that's the last time I played it as well. Very rough. It felt like very much like hey overwatch is coming let's get our beta out there to let people know that we're not doing a me too game this is this is we had conceived We've been working this. on this yeah exactly and that beta was kind of rough and i feel like um we enjoyed it or at least i enjoyed it only because i hadn't played overwatch yet but i played a lot of overwatch when it came out and got burned and just didn't want to go back to it but with paladins it took me a while to go back but Jim pulled me, or Jim had mentioned, and I said, hey, let's play. Uh, so we jumped in for four or five matches. And the first thing you realize is that the polish is there. Mm. The The game modes are different from what I remember. I, I don't know if you recall when we played. So when we played two years ago, must have been, you were on a team of five. You started on opposite ends of the of this open, felt like an open map. Right. And it would randomly spawn a location to capture And then depending on who captured it, that would initiate the next phase, which was the payload being delivered to the opposite team. Right. And it felt very much like Overwatch, fighting over a point, fighting with this moving wagon. And it was pretty janky. But the hero designs felt very, it felt like a sequel to Smite, really, in that the hero designs were very fantasy, very cartoony, very animated kind of the style that i love with video games is just that over the top style kind of thing and now with this i don't know if it's full release but it's definitely like uh it's getting there i can't remember if they took the beta tag off or not but um playing it now you kind of see they have way more heroes and that's probably the biggest hurdle you'll experience going back to it is that there's just i
0: think tons yeah, I think there was only I want to say six when mm-hmm. I originally played it. Um, so yeah, I mean if they've if they've expanded beyond that, I can see that. Does it still use the card deck mechanic, or is it, that gone?
1: It uses the card deck mechanic, but but uh, when we played, Jim had suggested a mode that was basically like, don't worry about your card collection. We're gonna play. Um, I think it was maybe it wasn't a mode where you it doesn't have cards, but it's a mode that had it just had cards for you and you never had to choose your deck and they were all, it was even levels. So it wasn't ranked play. It was just on, I think it was called unbound siege, which meant that, or no, maybe it was opposite. It was bound siege and it was all the cards were of an equal uh, level. So everybody was on the same playing field. Okay. You, you can play unbound siege, which means you're coming in with your deck and you're leveling up cards by opening packs and stuff. And mm. the cards were never what would bring someone to that game i think it it just seemed the cards were just too confusing for me but the fact that i I could jump in with jim and not have to worry about cards and just have a good time was was really cool and we did have fun the game modes have changed a little bit in that they're round based and unlike overwatch they feel very quick and if you're getting stomped or or you're you're winning it's over in a matter of maybe um five minutes so how it works is it's still the arena we were playing it felt more like a single lane like the modes we like to play in smite
0: where you start on opposite
1: yes you start on opposite ends there's five players there's still a point in the middle that you have to capture and depending who captures it 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 delivers a payload but it's point based so rather than if you capture the point and you have to deliver this payload like a billion miles away it's Mm -hmm. whoever captures the point gets a point and it's, it's first to four points, and then whoever, if you deliver the payload successfully, that's another point. So now you're up to nothing. Uh, if you capture the point and they defend, you only get you get one point, and the other team get one point, so it's tied. So you have right. this chance. There's this back and forth that feels a little more fair than Overwatch ever did. Like I felt like in Overwatch, if I was doing bad, I was getting rolled. You know.
0: Well, and I think uh, the part of Overwatch that you're probably thinking of because what you're describing is basically how like competitive Overwatch functions with Mm. the like keeping scores and rounds and stuff. If you're just playing like quick match in Overwatch, then there is no like keeping score sort of thing. Well, not keeping score. You have a match and then it's over.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But in this, it felt like, yeah, I guess you're right. It it, it was more score based in that as soon as you're as soon as the payload's delivered, it, it resets the round. And you get to right. do it again, first to four points. At least that's the mode we played. And I had a really good time. And the heroes are designed just, it honestly does feel like a Smite sequel in that a lot of the heroes feel like they're ripped right out of Smite, but more of a mm. fantasy base as opposed to a, a god base. And there, are, like, there's lots of skins and lots of uh, customization for your heroes that you can, you can buy. And obviously there's a bunch of different currencies because it's free to play. But there is still the Champions Pack, similar to Smite, where you just buy it and you get all the heroes forever. And that's a good, de- a good value. And I had already had it for some reason. I think I bought it when they were ending the linking for console. So I already had that. So I had Pick of the Litter when it came to heroes. And there's some really neat heroes in there. But there's a learning curve getting back in there. It took us a couple mm. matches to kind of figure out oh my win. god there's
0: so many yeah i'm just looking i went to the website and so yeah when i started there were six now there's 12 15 18 21 24 7 30 33 33 now
1: well it's been two years and i mean you you remember how smite worked and that they were yeah, coming smite out with a zero every, too. every three weeks so
0: and apparently it is it's in uh, open beta so oh, there you go. It, it does. It does technically still have the beta tag on it. Um, my one big question, because I know oh, the man. thing that really, really put me off of paladins originally was that it felt really, really snowbally, and it felt like no matter when I got queued in, and again, this was very, very much at the beginning of the beta's launch. Like um, it was still closed beta. It was like as soon as it was available, because I was a smite player, I think is how I got in um or could you buy your way in too with the founders pack or something I can't remember Mm. anyways it was literally like the first week that it launched was when I played the most and I felt like everyone else in the game had been playing the game for years and I was getting matched up against like the pro players like I felt like I was constantly getting stomped Mm. everyone else knew what they were doing I did not know what I was doing it felt like there was no matchmaking whatsoever and the player pool was so small that I kept running up against the same people who were just kicking my ass so I fell out of it very very quickly because there was no other game mode other than playing against other people and I didn't feel like I was learning anything because I was constantly getting my ass kicked so um because the game itself and the game mode was so snowbally, it was just like I wasn't getting anywhere so I gave up so does it feel different now
1: <laughs> I-, I felt that it felt I-, I felt like it was different to me you know um when I was playing it, there were certainly matches. The first match we played, it was it was, uh, it was a steamroll. And, <laughs> and it felt like we were on the losing side. But, you know, we re and it's like, let's try this again. It took us a few matches and we were just really rough because I hadn't played it in a long time. And you have to get used to the heroes. But once you find, like, you play a hero a couple matches and there's different roles. So if you fail support or fail damage, you, you find a hero that you like and you play it a couple times. And there's no hero switching. So when you go in, it's not like you're constantly having to think about, okay, they all switched to Roadhog. So I got to be Genji. Or right. It's not an actual counter. I don't know. I just picked two <laughs> heroes out of my, out of my butt. But, uh, so yeah, it, it's you're not going to go in and say, well, Ryan said Paladins is good again. Let's check it out. Play one match. This is terrible. Like that. That You got to kind of give it more of a shot. We played for maybe an hour or two. Honestly, I think... It would be a lot of fun to to play again with with Jim because he 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 was very good at analyzing the other the other team and determining whether uh, whether it was us or them or just the fact that it was it was a problem. But we had some really cool matches where if you again like if you go for the point and you get it and then you get the payload, sometimes you get lucky and you go forward and and they're on defense mode and they just pick you off, or other times you fight on the point. No one gets it, or they get it, and then you defend successfully. So there's that push-pull that you get more quickly than you would in Overwatch. In Overwatch, it's that 99.9% overtime that feels very stressful, but also like it's that tension that you ride, and you're just, oh man, this is amazing. And with paladins, I I, th- I feel like you're getting that more often as you're fighting over mm. the point and you're and you're fighting the clock and, and there are there are overtime moments in paladins as well, as well. But it feels, it it just it felt nice and different because Overwatch has really been dominating that section of multiplayer games. Yeah. And I I love Blizzard. Well, Blizzard is uh,
0: pouring a lot of money into Overwatch. Yeah. Whether and you I, think that's a good decision or not. <laughs>
1: yeah. I love Blizzard. I love Overwatch. You know, Overwatch League is. Has my I have personal problems with Overwatch League, and it might even be a deeper problem with just like a, 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 yeah. I just I I'm it's not I'm not a huge fan, but I I it's nice to do something different. And I really loved Smite, and I loved what Smite did for the gamers in and what it did for our community. Mm-hmm. And Paladins feels like it could be something similar that Overwatch really never was for us. Like, I thought Overwatch was going to be this thing that was like, oh my God, we're going to play it forever and it's going to be amazing. And then I think it kind of blew up in the wrong way and people Mm. latched onto things that I I wasn't really... You know, it's like, that's not what we should be excited about. We shouldn't be excited about buying loot boxes for, you know... Although Blizzard map world looks pretty cool. But, you know, besides (laughs) that, like, Paladins just... It felt nice and different and I I was going in thinking, oh, this is going to be like Overwatch. But it really feels different enough by no means is it like completely different from overwatch but it feels
0: i was gonna say there are a lot of characters oh. in paladins that i find look exactly like overwatch characters yeah, there's a reinhardt
1: like, yeah yeah uh, how
0: are you? well i saw like because i i saw a little bit of paladins i feel like a high-res expo must have been like on the main page of twitch or something hmm. um because i saw a little bit of like there was like a character that looked like reinhardt there's one that looks like bastion there was one that looked like torbjorn and i was kind of like Guys, I feel like you're riding the line. But then there's other ones that do look totally different. Like, I feel like, um, is it Evie? I think, was the one that I used to like to play? Plus, there's like a red-headed archer or something. Cassie, and, yeah. Yeah, so I remember I really liked playing them, and I feel like they were they were kind of different. But I could just be not fully remembering their kit. But well, the- anyways, I'm glad that you got back into Paladins. Yeah. I'm glad that you enjoyed the experience. And I'm glad that they made a lot of changes that uh, seem like they were for the better i'm i am interested in a game mode where you don't have to learn not only your character but also the, the decks like the cards hmm. if i don't have to worry about the cards i feel like i'd be much more likely to actually jump in and play some of this so yeah um yeah paladins awesome i'm glad you're back into it you also played um a mobile game this week arena of valor do you want to tell me about this one yeah
1: so <laughs> I, I played a lot of it during Christmas, and then I was actually away for the last two days, and turns out, sleeping in a hotel, not very fun, it, uh, <laughs> you don't sleep very well, and then when you don't sleep very well, and you have two kids, and you're used to getting up at six o'clock every day, uh, you don't sleep in either, so <laughs> I didn't bring anything, because I figured oh, I'll stay up late, watch Netflix, and then I'll, I'll sleep in, then I'll go to work, and it'll be great, but no, I didn't sleep in, so Arena of Valor is a mobile MOBA and it is a full scale moba it's got heroes it's got skill shots it's got skills there are leveling there's purchasing of items do you play it
0: on like the iPad or do you play it on a like phone
1: i've played it on both uh i've played it on the iPhone and i've played it on the iPad i personally like the iPad because it's easier to tell what's going on in the minimap in the top left but it's it's very similar to heroes there's one map that's the big difference between that and heroes it's more like dota in that sense where there's one map three lanes uh this is the main mode by the way there there are other modes with one lane and stuff but the main mode is three lanes two cores so you're going after those two cores and five heroes there's ranked play there's casual and in casual there's a bunch of different modes honestly it's straight up a moba and and you can play it on your phone. It's a it's a virtual um, what would you call it? A virtual uh, control stick. So there's that lay your oh, thumb. Oh, okay.
0: the little circle down in the corner.
1: Yeah, there's that lay your thumb down and move it around. But it feels yeah. it feels good. It's more like dragging your hero in a direction as opposed to actually fine movement. Mm. And uh, the skill shots are really cool because you can hold down on the button and then move that as a, joy- or a joystick and kind of say like, okay, I want to I shoot this skill shot to the top left because I imagine that's where the person's going. And, and if you just want to tap it, it'll actually auto-lock to the nearest hero. There's auto-attack where you hit the button and your character will just go down the lane and shoot whatever it sees first, prioritizing heroes. Um, there's towers you take down. Like it feels it's a full-scale MOBA and that they're adding heroes every week uh, because it's been out and in Europe for a have- long time.
0: I was going to say, do they have like a free hero rotation to take advantage of?
1: They have a free hero rotation. And if you start playing, it just launched in North America last fall. So it, it's got this cool thing called Road to Glory, where if you play three matches each day, you unlock a new hero. And I think there's a total of 10 you can unlock. Um, so I haven't put any real money into it yet, but I've unlocked like 10, 15 heroes. And it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Like, I'm not going to sit here and play it while I have heroes in front of me. Heroes is certainly yeah. the, you know, the better solution to your MOBA fix, but if you're on the bus or you know got break at work and you want to play a quick game, these are real MOBA games. Like you're gonna spend 15 long, minutes playing. I was
0: gonna say, how long does it actually take to go from start to finish? Because that's one thing about so not necessarily Heroes. I would say Heroes has a much much faster mm-hmm. um, game experience. You're usually done in 20 to 30 minutes versus like. A league of legends game where you know you could be looking at 45 minutes um so but this takes what'd you say like 10 to 15
1: a normal 5v5 would take 15 to 20 minutes uh there are other modes and it, it's cool if you go into casual it shows you the different modes and it'll say like okay this mode the single lane will take 10 minutes 10 to 12 minutes uh this sort of they have a cool special mode called it's like hook mode and it's where it's more like dodgeball but with hooks so you throw a hook across the lane and pull a hero over and then you kill him, and that earns you a point and it goes back and forth. And those go pretty quick, like five to six minutes. And then there are like solo matches and really the meat of it is the five V five. Like that's your true MOBA experience, but they have a can bunch you play of different with heroes. Your
0: friends? Like if, if I downloaded this, could you and I like queue together?
1: Yeah, we could queue together. We can, uh, we can play ranked together and earn bonuses for playing wow. as a party. It's, Check it out! It's a full-scale MOBA, and the cool part about it, since it's been in Europe for a long time, we kind of have like this look forward to what's coming. And the game—I mean, I'm not a huge DC fan, but the game actually features DC heroes. Oh. Like Batman, Wonder Woman's launching tomorrow, so you'll be cool. able to collect Wonder Woman tokens and unlock her as a character in this MOBA. You know, there's Batman, Superman, Joker. They haven't launched yet in North America, but they're—they're they're out in, they're in other regions. Yeah, they're coming. It's it's I was surprised. I was skeptical. It was I was looking for something to sort of fill, you know, the the time during Christmas just to kinda of play on the phone and and then I was I was playing it while I was in the hotel and uh, it's a MOBA. If you don't have a gaming laptop and you just wanna, you know, chill on the bus and and play you a MOBA. You still want
0: that experience, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like if if that's what you're looking for. And and the real cool cool part is that it's coming to switch in the next couple months. So you'll be able to play a MOBA on your console and that's I, pretty cool
0: I feel like I might actually like that better playing mm-hmm. it on the switch because you have the actual like tactical control sticks right like so as opposed to a touch screen and moving my thumbs around on the screen to try to do stuff I feel like playing with a controller because it'll be a very very similar control experience I feel mm-hmm. like that I might actually prefer so I I might wait for it to come to switch and then um and then give it a go but uh yeah i that could be really cool.
1: Yeah. I'm looking forward to it on Switch for the same reason and that I, I something about a MOBA with a controller sounds neat. And the fact that you're playing against other tablet-based users, if, if it's, I don't know if it's actually going to be like a, a whole, I'm pretty sure the smartphones are on the same servers. I don't know if the Switch will be on the same servers. I would hope so, but um i feel well, like that is a... the
0: one thing too about the switch though right is it is server-based so you're gonna need an internet connection so if mm-hmm. you're like driving in your car or something unless you want to tether your phone then you're gonna not be able to play this game so that is yeah. something to consider it's not as mobile as some other switch titles
1: yeah but i i'm i'm interested to see how it plays i think they have a european beta they're doing signups so i don't know when it's gonna launch but i, I would think in the next couple months and on the phone it plays well over lte I have, i've had no problems. I've had a little bit of lag with 3G, uh, but on LTE, it's it's like you're on Wi-Fi. No problems. Mm. Works really well.
0: Very, very cool. Uh, so this week, I played The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Uh, I played the Redux version because this game actually came out... Um, for some reason, I thought it was last year, but it totally was not. It came out in, like, 2014, I think. Uh, so basically, when they, when they first built the game, they built it in, uh, I want to say, Unreal Engine 3, maybe... Um, and so they rebuilt it in Unreal 4 and re-released it for free to anyone who had bought the original game. So it doesn't actually change anything. I think your sprint speed is a little bit faster in the new one, but it doesn't add any more missions. It doesn't change the story or anything else. They basically just took the game and built it in a better engine. And I've got to say, like, this game has got to be, it was uh, small enough that I had no problems whatsoever running it at absolute ultimate max settings on uh, my computer. Holy hell, it's pretty. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. The foliage the graphics, in that game. Yeah, the graphics are next freaking level. I couldn't believe it. So if you're not familiar, this is definitely a one of those, um, I, I don't want to say walking simulators because there's a little bit more to it than that. It's not even so much a point and click adventure. I think there's a little bit more to it than that. Um, but basically you play a character, it's like your first person view and you're kind of walking around trying to figure out what happened to Ethan Carter, who is, uh, this, this, I'm not even a hundred percent sure how old he is, but I'm going to say like 12 year old boy. Um, you're trying to figure out you're, you're kind of like a private eye detective type person and mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out, uh, what, what happened to this kid. So,
1: um,
0: I will say it, like, like I said, the graphics are gorgeous. And if you can run it on, like, ultimate high settings, I absolutely recommend it because it's a beautiful experience. Mm. Um, I didn't get too far into it because I guess I'm just, like, a giant pussy. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to put it. But, oh, my God, it scared the crap what? out of me. What? And scared you? it's so you? dumb. It's okay. So, and i don't know if i necessarily want to spoil too much about this game because it is it's a narrative experience once you do it once you solve the puzzles once you move on like it's not replayable mm-hmm. so i don't necessarily want to spoil too much of it but there's the number of things that i consider to be jump scares and i think that the they do such a good job of creating this atmosphere it feels uh, kind of uh, kind of creepy, kind of lonely, very abandoned. Um, so it, so many times, just with like the sound effects and the music, it gave me like goosebumps and like the skin on the back of my neck was crawling and stuff. And I just, it just made me feel super uneasy. So the things that I wouldn't consider to be jump scares in other games were jump scares to me in this game. Hmm. So. As you progress through uh, through the story, there's kind of like different areas and, and different things that you have to kind of solve in order to piece together the greater story. And so just for example, in the first section of forest that you're in, the first kind of like puzzle problem is like finding all the traps in the forest. So, I mean, there was even one time where I kind of like stumbled upon a bear trap and there's no combat. It's a narrative experience. There's no combat, but I, like, stumbled upon a bear trap in the forest, and it snapped so loud in my face that I, like, jumped backwards, and, like, my mouse went, uh, like, I'm, oh, God, I was totally disoriented, and there's, like, I feel like there's, like, six or seven traps to find in the forest, and the only way to find them is getting close enough to make them go off, (laughs) so you're kind of wandering through the forest, and then there's just, like, and and I didn't know what I was doing because It definitely doesn't uh, hold your hand at all. It doesn't tell you what you have to do. It doesn't tell you, you know, you basically just get your your controls like you you figure out and actually it doesn't even pop up and tell you what buttons to push. It's just like WASD to move. So you kind of figure out that and you can look around. And then as you get, you know, as you start to make these traps go off, then you realize that you can do other things and you can interact with these objects in different ways. Um, But there's no tutorial. There's no nothing. So basically, I just started walking through the, I just started like walking through the woods. And then all of a sudden, these traps are snapping in my face. And I was just like, oh, my God. I like, yeah, it was, it was what?
1: Did you get past the the train? I did. I did. Okay. Did Did you go? Did you get past the train problem? I did. Okay. So did you go into the forest after that to the left right after? I did. Okay. Now, did you get to the cool part that was really trippy? Did you get to that part? I did. Perfect. Well, okay. not
0: quite. Not quite. So, um... I will say space.
1: Does that yes, ring a bell? There's Perfect. There
0: is a part. And mm-hmm. and so I didn't realize that that was actually, like, another puzzle. Because I was, like, halfway through solving the train. So basically what you have to do is while you're investigating the vanishing of Ethan Carter, you're kind of coming across all of these murders. And you're, the te- you're like, the detective and you have to solve the murders. Um, so... You do that by exploring the area and finding the clues and putting things back in different places and slowly over time, then you get the option to, or like slowly over time, you'll solve the problem. And I thought that the, the train problem, because that's, I guess, the last one that I'd like fully solved. I'll tell you what made me turn off the game. Okay. Um, but uh, that was the last one that I fully solved. And... It was really, really cool because even after you kind of like had all the pieces, it still made you say like, OK, here are almost like um, snapshots, put them in order and 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 figure out what exactly happened. And then when you do, it gives you almost like a cinematic. It was super freaking cool. Um, so I did. Uh, yeah, I solved the rail car one, but about halfway through the rail car one, I, I got a little stuck. So I started like exploring and I kind of realized that there was like a there's no barriers. It's not going to tell you you can't move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was kind of like a there actually was like a, a collapsed uh, cliff and a, and like a um, railway barrier thing that was kind of like, yeah, again, I could go around it, but it was almost like a, a soft wall to tell me where the edge of that problem was. Um, but I didn't kind of realize that. So I, I went off the, the beaten path off into the left in the forest. And I found this like weird glowing light thing and I interacted with it and it scared the shit out of me <laughs> because you interact with it. And then all of a sudden there's like, uh, and again, I don't want to give too, too much away, but there's a thing that wasn't there that's suddenly there. And then so I started following the thing and then I lost track of the thing. And, but where I lost track of it was back at the rail car. So I kind of thought that that was mm. like uh, you've you've gone the wrong way or you haven't gone or like whatever. I thought it was leading me back to where I was supposed to be to solve the rail car thing. Um, but it turns out it's a it's a it's a thing to solve all in and of itself. So um, but I found that out, I found that out later by yeah. looking it up online. Um, so because basically uh, so I had that experience in the forest and never and didn't go back to it because I didn't realize it was a problem to be solved. Uh, I made my way further along the train tracks and came to I don't know if it's like the first town or I came to a town I basically crossed the big stone bridge and came to a town and as soon as I walked into because all of the buildings are abandoned Mm -hmm. as soon as I walked into one of the houses all of the sound went away and I was just like nope <laughs> I was like okay no I can't I can't do this it's scaring me too much I just I don't know if I wasn't in the like I wanted to know and I wanted to play it and I wanted to do it because it was gorgeous and it was clearly having an effect on me yeah uh, so it was, it was very well done but I was just like I can't do this anymore I'm just gonna I'm I'm just gonna be a scaredy cat and I'm just gonna stop playing this game there,
1: there is an so, atmosphere to those games. games
0: yeah oh my god yeah and I mean like I feel like it's It was even more effective than Gone Home because I had a similar um, I had a similar feeling in Gone Home. And there were some points where I got scared by lightning crashes or it was difficult for me to actually like step into the next room because Mm. it just felt like there was always going to be something that would jump out and scare me. But I feel like with Gone Home, outside of a few lightning crashes, I never had anything jump in my face. And I felt like there was a lot of stuff and in Ethan Carter that jumped in my face. That I probably had it not had that, had they not done such a good job with the atmosphere, had it been in any other video game, it wouldn't have affected me. But they just, everything kind of lined up perfectly in this game, that it just, it really kind of hit all of my scaredy cat feelings.
1: <laughs> well, I, I get it, yeah. And, and you know, explaining the game brings back memories. I mean, if you go to the Gamers Inn website and search Ethan uh, Carter, you probably will see that. I played it I think a little bit after release if not maybe mm-hmm. around release and and that game has atmosphere and as you describe it memories come back to like yeah it gets it gets creepier there's there's some graveyard parts with right. crows and uh, I could see if you're the bear traps are kind of a good you know test see how far the game can push you and right there's murder and yeah it's it's dark well, so other,
0: yeah and so the other thing is uh so I ended up so once I got into the house and like all the music stops everything goes like si- it's like oppressive because mm-hmm. it's just like when everything goes absolutely silent when like previously like there were like birds chirping trees creaking wind water like all of these other sound effects when all of a sudden it just goes away it's so like off-putting so i was just like okay nope 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 plus i was playing on my pc i feel like i might have had a different um i might have felt differently had i played it on my ps4 because then i would that would have been very similar i feel like to until dawn right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so just having that you know few feet of space between me and the screen might have been enough whereas like i was like two feet away not even from my computer monitor and so i feel like that might have contributed to is that it was happening like right in my face so yeah that uh, i
1: that game i'm trying to think like it uh i can't remember if i played on I think i played on ps4 because i or maybe it was pc i don't know but i remember enjoying the story for what it was and and just the cool little you know vignettes that it was kind of Taking you through, and and when that sound goes away, it's almost like you're being teleported. As opposed to the game trying to creep you out, it's more of a. I think it's more of a clue as to what what your character is going through, and less of like let's let's scare Jocelyn. You know, I don't think there's anything well, in the game it
0: scared Jocelyn. <laughs> I, I know it
1: did, but I but I think the game isn't trying to be scary. It's just creating this atmosphere. It's not like Resident Evil Seven where it's like literally monsters jumping out of closets.
0: Uh, oh no no not at all but but that being said so I did look it up because I was just like okay I remember like this game being described as atmospheric I even had somebody else was talking which is what made me play it um somebody I feel like it was uh the episode of pixels that I did for game of the year um I think someone when we were doing that panel had recommended it because we were talking about um, the other, the one that I played that came out last year, Edith Finch. Um, yeah, Edith Finch. Yes. So we were talking about that, and they were saying like, "Oh, if if you like that, then Ethan Carter is very similar. They're the same vein. You'll really enjoy it. You should try it." So, uh, anyways, I was I didn't remember anyone saying it was like scary, scary. Mm-hmm. Um. So I looked it up, and I was just like, I just looked up like jump scares, vanishing of Ethan Carter, and the parts that I had felt were scary were not like the jump scare air quotes the oh yeah there's like one jump scare in Ethan Carter and this is what it is and I was just like when I read the description because I was fully fine with spoilers at a point I was like I am so not necessarily off put by this game like I want to know the story I think I might just go watch less let's plays of it Um, because I want to know how what happens and and how it ends and all the rest of it because it's very very interesting it's right up my alley I'm so sad that I'm just being such a scaredy cat when it comes to this game but, um, yeah, when I read the description of what the actual, like, jump scare that the internet has deemed, like, the Ethan Carter jump scare, mm-hmm. um, when I when I read the description of that, I'm like, I have no interest in, mm-hmm. like, I would just never, I, had I made it that far in the game, I never would have even gone into the area that they're describing, let alone far enough to trigger this jump scare. So <laughs> it's, it's the minds is the part that I'm that I'm talking about, oh, um, yeah. that I read about. Yeah. So, and again, I don't want to spoil too, too much, but that's kind of the, the general area. So I, I don't know. And again, maybe it would make a difference if I'd done it on PS4. Um, mm.
1: you connect your computer to, get, to the TV it'd be almost the same I, thing.
0: Yeah, I could do that. Um, I might go like see if I can find just a let's play video maybe of, um, I guess if it's parts I've already done, then those jump scares are, right, I'm going to know that they're coming. So it's a little bit easier to deal with when you know that it's coming. Mm-hmm. Although I did know that there were going to be traps snapping in my face and it still scared the shit out of me. So,
1: Were you playing like with headphones?
0: The, yeah, I was playing with headphones on my PC. So. Don't you have speakers? I do have speakers, but... You should play with speakers. And, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I feel like I condensed the whole experience very intensely right oh, into yeah. my face. You did and, it to uh, yourself, uh, yeah.
1: really, is what you're saying. I,
0: yeah, I think so. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, that was my experience with Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Again, um, I actually tried to run the original game and it kept crashing. It wouldn't even load. And mm. I was, at first I was really disappointed. Then I was like, oh, wait, there's this other Redux version. Like, what is this? And then I read up on it and that's the new version. So mm. if you buy The Vanishing of Ethan Carter or if you have bought it in the past, the Redux version is free. Um if you don't own it, then you just, you buy The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. There's no, like, separate um, okay. Steam listing for the Redux version. It just, uh, it just is The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. So, um, I do recommend it if you have a stronger will than I do. <laughs> Put it that way. Okay. That's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did, and I can't, I cannot stress enough how beautiful this game was. I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. He just like, walked I was through the forest. In, Yeah, I was kind of, like, I was expecting it to look cool because that's, you know, basically these games uh, look cool and have good stories. That's what it is, right? Mm -hmm. They don't have crazy combat. They don't have all these other mechanics. What they do is they look cool and they tell a good story. Um, And this one just blew me away graphics-wise. So, go check it out. Cool. Um... You can follow us over on our Discord. You can go to bit.ly slash TGI Discord to join the conversation. Uh, that is also where we do our conversations about Game Night, which is going to be happening as soon as we wrap this podcast episode. Uh, we also have a patron ad this week from Simon, who says Weekly News Desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week. Join your two Knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. You can find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. Uh, that brings us to our topic of the week this week. We have the new Nintendo announcement, which is the Nintendo Labo. Is that is that how you say it? Labo? I guess.
1: That's- yeah. Nintendo Labo. Okay. That's, uh,
0: oh, Nint- we need to have a discussion about naming things. Nintendo,
1: <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I mean, the switch is just uh, is, is a change of of naming convention where it's like GameCube, Wii, Wii U. What are we doing here? And then the switch comes. It's like okay, that yeah, that works. It's a word that is in the English language. Perfect. <laughs> and then Labo comes around, and it's like I. It's kind of like Amiibo, and then it's there to to be fun to say, but it's also yes. a little silly at the beginning, like Labo, like Lab. Well,
0: because like Lab is what I would think. Like I feel like if they just hadn't put the O on the end of it, like just call it the Nintendo Lab. Because or that's Nintendo Labs. Which, like I, yeah. Because basically, okay, so what it is, if you guys haven't watched the YouTube video, um, basically this was announced uh, yesterday at the Nintendo Direct, and Mm. it is flat pieces of cardboard that they have uh, kind of stamped these different shapes into. So you pop out the cardboard, and then you build all kinds of different things uh, that basically then your Switch and Joy-Cons plug into, and that's what powers these objects so you like you make like a vr thing or mm-hmm. there was a piano that actually played music there was um oh what else um oh robots like remote control robots and stuff um mm-hmm. there were there were a lot of really cool things that you could do with these kits so that being said this is 100 percent not for me
1: no <laughs> it, I, it's not it's not for you it's not for no. a majority of our listeners however it's for people and and i had this conversation when we recorded zamp last night where i said you guys what do you think about nintendo labo bob who has kids of the right age group said this is perfect i love this it's amazing uh lou who doesn't have kids it's like this is a gimmick it's cardboard i don't understand I, i don't want it it's like perfect nintendo already knew that you know yeah and uh it's I look at this and I was of the same, you know, reaction where I'm like, this is, I'm, this is not for me. And as a Nintendo fan, I've gotten used to Nintendo creating things for all ages. And actually when I, when I tweeted out that this was announced, it was like, Nintendo is the only company building things for all ages. They have a platform that they are eagerly trying to cater to all ages. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really cool because when i was a kid nintendo was a platform that catered to me and the fact that this now Caden's young and treats cardboard uh l- like i'm like not going sp- to yeah like i'm not going to spend uh, 70 dollars us on on a cardboard set and and while i say that price it comes with the softwares for all those who are saying i'm just going to go build my own toy cons it's more than cardboard some of them are literally just cardboard but if you look at the video there's some intricate things going on where it's more like lego than it is just papercraft and this i would have loved this when i was a kid and and i feel like once caden's older and if this is still around if it does well which i think it's going to do well um i i can't wait to to play because caden's starting to get into video games and that he's like mario mario it's like okay let's go play mario and then 50 minutes later he's like peppa pig it's like all right fine i'll stop playing mario even
0: though we were doing so well <laughs>
1: uh you know I, I usually just give him the Wiimote and he and i say okay shake it to make mario jump and it doesn't do anything but you know yeah. it, it makes him feel good
0: <laughs> he doesn't know that no he
1: doesn't and, and if you're listening caden i'm sorry but why are you listening to this like you know <laughs> this episode came out so long ago uh but yeah you look at these things and it's just you feel like this is a this is a platform Targeted at you know, age groups I'd say five to I mean, I only understand kids at the age at which I have kids, so I I would I would assume five to ten. Does that sound right?
0: I have no idea.
1: See, I don't either. So I'm just guessing. I know Caden's almost two and he's not ready for this, but I know Bob's kids are a little older.
0: I would say, I don't know, maybe like maybe seven or eight. Yeah. And up I don't I, I honestly I, I really don't know. I'm trying to remember like the the level of uh care I took with my toys because these are not like sturdy construction pieces. The the, the the I mean come on the cardboard isn't even like cardboard box level of thick. Some of um, it is, so but
1: it's hard to tell on the I, video.
0: Yeah, it it is. Kind You're of right, though. Some of it here, looks pretty
1: flimsy and, some of and it, a little Well, not,
0: I don't want to use the word flimsy because once they actually constructed things, they didn't look like they were going to fall apart. They didn't mm-hmm. look like they were going to fall over. They looked sturdy. Um, but I just mean, it, like, in the hands of a five-year-old, it's probably not that sturdy because they don't have, or I would think, they don't have the ability to, you know, be super careful with stuff. Like, stuff gets thrown, stuff gets stomped on, like... I feel like you have to be beyond the throwing and stomping point right. of your childhood to but, actually use these things.
1: But here's the cool be part. Because
0: again, no kids. So yeah. No but, freaking but, clue.
1: <laughs> to me, here's the cool part about Labo in that it's something I can play with my kids. Like, yeah, it's something I
0: have uh, seen all over the place. Like every single one of my uh, friends on Twitter who has kids that are in their like, in the range of like seven and older to mm. up to like 12 or 13 are all very, very excited about this. They're looking at something that can get their kids interested in, you know, building and creating and interacting and specifically in the, the whole robot idea. Like it's, it's Ugh. like a starter kit to see if they're going to be interested in like yeah. engineering and robotics. Like people are very, very interested in this from a, I get to play with my kids perspective.
1: Yeah. And th- I, th- I think honestly, that's what Nintendo was going for. They, they, for for people like you and me, Nintendo did a a mini direct earlier on in the week where they announced some new games coming out between now and and April, which included some some great Wii U ports, a new Mario Tennis, uh, and and a bunch of other cool stuff. Smaller announcements, nothing ground shattering, but, you know, something just cool stuff to keep the core audience happy. And I don't think Nintendo's done. There's still rumblings that there's going to be another direct before the end of the month. uh, And... I think Nintendo proved in their first year that they are interested in keeping the core audience happy. But what they're proving in this year is that, okay, we have the numbers now. We've sold 10 million of these things. Let's let's go for the all-ages group. Let's go for the parents. To the point where they're saying, we'll do demos, but you have to have a kid with you in order to come <laughs> and do the demo. And I, I was initially, when I watched the trailer, I was initially like, okay, this, this looks... This looks like one of those things that Nintendo does that just everyone's like, this is stupid. What is this? What is this? But eventually, once people got over their own piffy internet comments, they actually realized that, like, oh, this is this is interesting, and I want to see where it goes. So it's launching April 20th. It, there's two kits at, at launch. So there'll be the variety kit, which has 13 contraptions. That you can. They call them toy cons. $70 US, and that <laughs> comes with the software. Uh, right. And the software is unique to each kit. So if you buy the second kit, robot kit, uh, which is basically like you just get decked out in a robot, it looks super complex. Uh, <laughs> that's $80. That's different software from the variety kit. So you have some options there. I don't think they're ever going to target anyone outside of that kid age range. But, you know. I'm not
0: I, sure if they could. Like, yeah. I don't know what they would do to make me get excited about this. Like I I really can't think of anything that I want want to build for myself out of cardboard to use as my Switch. Yeah. And maybe that's just me being super like narrow minded and not thinking out of the box or I don't know, but to me I can't think of anything that they would come up with that would make me want to buy spend seventy to eighty bucks American on something like this.
1: And, and I'm, I'm there Surprise, with you. Surprise me,
0: Nintendo. I don't know. Maybe they'll make like a build-your-own Amiibo and Ryan will go insane. I don't know, but... <laughs> yeah. No,
1: for me, I, I'm not... Like, I appreciate people who are in... Like, uh, Manny in the chat room is saying that this is clearly targeted at, at him, who, uh, you know, a full-grown baby. And that's what <laughs> Nintendo said. They said, the announcement that we're going to be having later today is for the kids or the mm. kids at heart. And there's nothing wrong with an adult wanting to build cardboard toys and test this stuff out and have fun because i'm not i would think anybody who is interested enough in dropping money on this is is gonna just is gonna have fun because i i I don't think i don't think this stuff is being designed to only be fun for kids it's it's gonna be fun no matter what your age is if you're interested in it personally Mm -hmm. for me i can't i i don't see myself enjoying it but i see myself enjoying it with with the kids you know with with other people eventually Eventually. like Caden he's not going anywhere near that switch I keep it in the case because often he will go up to the tv take it out of the dock and it's like one step away from throwing it on the ground because that's what he does (laughs) with electronics so yeah we're not quite there yet but I I just I'm so excited for people who you know gamers who have kids who who are looking for that opportunity and sometimes with parents who have who have kids it's like let's find a shitty kids game so that at least i can put a controller in my kids hands and kind of teach him or her the ropes and they're just not a lot of good kids games you know mm. um and even the mario games are pretty complex to the sense that they
0: are yeah and they're difficult and yeah they're not so much a, a sit down and play with your five-year-old type title so no
1: there's just uh the lego games are good but I've I've uh, I've went I've gone to a family function and I think we talked about it on the show where I played the Super NES classic and trying we tried every game in there and it was it was still it wasn't quite at their level you know they needed something oh you know they weren't ready for that just yet it was the coordination of hitting the buttons with practice I'm sure they get there but um, I think this is just a cool practical way that scratches that Lego itch and that creativity like Minecraft itch but also it's Nintendo, so you know the software is going to be of a of a good quality. Right. Um, I don't know that personally because I haven't tried it, but I'm hoping reviews and previews start coming out and we'll, we'll get more word on... Because that's the thing for me. like the, the Toy-Con, whatever they want us to call it, looks cool, but the software to back it up has to be interesting enough to, to drop that right. sort of coin. So if it's just literally like there's this app that you load up and then you can play the piano... That's not as interesting to me as a game that involves a piano. If you if you catch my drift,
0: so like guitar hero, but piano hero. It well, doesn't need to
1: be piano hero, but like <laughs> you know, play this song. Yeah, I don't know if you ever played Donkey Konga, which was Nintendo's GameCube. Did not no. So it's a rhythm game that had
0: the the actual drums, right?
1: It was a bongo drum, yeah. Yeah, you had two bongo drums, and you played you played actual music. They were all covers, so they were terrible, but. Uh, you played the music to, and not, and not that covers are bad, but these were bad covers. And yeah, you played the, the bongos to to all this shitty music and that was Nintendo's rhythm. So I would love to see like a rhythm game of some kind for that piano. And, and there can be like, you know, just experimental parts of it. But that robot game looks like a full-fledged game especially if they're going to charge it but that that robot contraption looks really neat and the way that they kind of in the video you get a sense of how they teach you how to build it and they break apart on the on the screen of the switch to, to show you how things are working like mm-hmm. that for me and and anybody who's ever interacted with with uh, you know kids showing them how something works is almost as fun as the building is almost as fun as
0: the playing, playing, with, playing
1: it. with it you yeah. know and them understanding how something works is is almost is just this light bulb going off and you, you can and I see it with Caden now where he he figures something out and it's just like it's it's like oh my god this is amazing you know almost as fun as as playing with toys so I'm I'm optimistic I want to see how it how it does uh, I know I won't be buying one at launch because it's just not right for me just yet but right I, I want to see more I want to see what Nintendo does with this platform you know.
0: Very cool. Well, uh, we do have some listener feedback this week, but before we go into that, I wanted to remind everybody that if you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash gamers in we're working towards some really, really cool uh, rewards, incentives, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so again, patreon.com slash the gamers in. Um, we would also like your feedback because we did do a uh, kind of a pilot episode of inside the game. We looked at uh, the whole, uh, for some reason, I have Laura Croft stuck in my head, but that's not what we did.
1: Horizon Horizon Zero
0: Dawn. Sorry, sorry. Horizon Zero Dawn. We did the uh, Frozen Wilds DLC expansion. Uh, We did a deep dive on that. The first half of it is talking mechanics. The second half is talking story. So even if you haven't played and you would like to listen to us just deep dive on the mechanics of a game, uh, then please do give that a listen and uh, give us some feedback. Let us know if you like it. That is one of the goals we are working towards doing one of those deep dive inside the game episodes every month in addition to your normal four to five episodes of the gamers in so if that sounds cool patreon.com slash gamers in that's where you can support us that's also where we pull our priority invites for game night which we are doing right after this show uh so please do go and support us there And again, join us in our Discord, which is bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Ryan, do you want to give us our listener email for the week?
1: Yes, this comes from Joshua on the conversation of The Last of Us last week. Good day, Joss and Ryan. I played and finished The Last of Us remastered over the last weekend and only knowing it had a guy and a girl as main characters and that there was zombies in it. I found the game and story lacking. After the opening sequence, I had figured out everything that was going to happen in the story and did not see what the hype was all about. As Joss mentioned last week, the time of The Last of Us has passed and built up way too much. Regards, Joshua.
0: I feel like Joshua and I are the exact same kind of gamer where we're trying to figure out exactly what's going to happen from the very Mm -hmm. start of the game. So I can see that if, like, because the thing is, not only do you now have the information that's given to you in the opening sequence, but you've had all of the hints, you've had all of the game stuff you might have seen like little Mm -hmm. bits and pieces of footage and everything else like you might know more about the last of us than you kind of realize just because it's been out for so long that when you see the opening sequence then you're very easily able to put together the pieces because you've just got so much more information versus someone who had played it right from the get-go and that's where I feel like I'm going to fall is that I know more about even if I've been trying not necessarily to pay attention just like bits of information and hints here and there is probably enough for me to figure out the story right from the get go as well, because that's just how I play games. I'm always trying to figure out exactly what the story is, which is why I tend to like games like horizon zero dawn that constantly keep me guessing and tell a really good story throughout. Um, So yeah, I I'm so hesitant about going and actually playing last of us. And I'm wondering if maybe I should just look it up on Wikipedia, read what the story was and then play the second one. I,
1: You own the game already. I do own the
0: game already. This is the other crazy thing. I own it. It came with my PlayStation. (laughs) My
1: suggestion stands that you should play the first two hours and get that experience out of the way. And then if you really want to go read the story, because honestly, yes, you're right. You could say this about every game. You can say about every movie. Star Wars. Oh, my God. It's the greatest series ever. I watched the original trilogy, and it's like, I don't get it, guys. It's just weird doweling sticks that are lit up in After Effects. Like, I don't get it. But then you watch the prequel trilogy, and you watch the new trilogy, it's like, yeah, The Last Jedi was probably my favorite Star Wars movie ever. I'm sorry. Uh, And you feel like you have to apologize. So with The Last of Us, yes, in the moment, it was a great game. I loved it, and I have not replayed it since. And I'm sure if I – and I'm the type of gamer story – Person who just kind of like sits there, plays the game, and yeah, if you sit there over-processing, thinking of every single outcome, it's like, guess what? You're gonna be right, and you're you might ruin it for yourself, (laughs) but that's on you, not the game, right? Or is it?
0: I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I think it's on you, but. Well, that's like This is why I'm saying that um, I think Joshua and I are the same mm-hmm. kind of gamers because that is literally how I play. It's how my brain works. It's how I, I take in all of my pop culture. So, sure. I mean, that's just that's how I enjoy games. Everyone's so I enjoy different. Games more. Yeah, I enjoy yeah. games more and I enjoy TV more. Like uh, Westworld is a really good example. Like when you keep me guessing constantly and I don't really know what's going on. That's going to be mm. more interesting to me than something that's like super duper straightforward and you know trying to be twisty but then really isn't smart enough to be twisty and i'm just like why are you trying yeah (laughs) see
1: i I felt different westworld was kind of like it was just it was a weird excuse for anthony hopkins to do weird stuff it felt really weird to me (laughs) it was weird That, that show was weird but yeah you're right but it was almost it was borderline it was almost like i agree with you in that it was getting close to the fact where it's being twisty for twisty stake, but it wasn't, it wasn't that it was close mm-hmm. though. Uh, but yeah, the last of us remastered personally, if you, I, you can boil every experience down to a paragraph on Wikipedia. And if that's something you feel you need to do in order to, in, to, you know, keep that the well, hype for the sequel. What happens? because yeah.
0: I feel like the, the sequel is something I could potentially be interested in sure. because what happened with the last of us wasn't that I didn't want to play it when it came out. That i didn't have the playstation when it came out i didn't get the playstation for a couple years after last of us was released so i didn't have the option so when i bought the playstation it came with it it was the remastered version or whatever and it was a bundle so i got it and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah so i just never actually went and played it because um i got the playstation right around when we played until dawn so Mm -hmm. that's the game that i was into and then it kind of just went from there so um, I was more interested in the new offerings on the platform and never went back to the old stuff. And now it seems like it's been long enough that I don't think I should go back to it. But yeah, maybe I'll just see what the gameplay was actually like and the do first, it as like a primer, yeah. uh, and then look up the story and make sure I actually know what's going on for uh for the second one. Yeah,
1: the first two hours are a great way to kind of even understand if you feel you're you're gonna look. For, it might actually make you think twice about the yeah. sequel which That's is fine termed. because why would you why would you want to go in blind to a new product if you're not you, you might want to go in blind i don't know i'm just <laughs> i think that with uh with the last of us the main game there's there's some story beats that at the time were very new and different for a video game in the way it ends is like it's unheard of but now that the game's been out for so many years and people have seen that product every game sort of helps out developers in the next couple years like the last of us has been taken dissected and implemented into many games that have come after it so you might have already played what i thought was great about the last of us Mm, but it's been refined another title yeah Yeah, like it's 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 like when the witcher 3 came out and all open world games changed or when skyrim came out is a better example because because you played that one to death when skyrim came out it changed the way games were made because they've done something new and different and very cool. And I think they did the same with The Last of Us, mostly with story and encounter design and, and that stuff. So I I think that's where you might be playing, you know, the initial version of that stuff and you, you comparing it to what comes out now. And I, w- I would be interested. I'm going to email Joshua back or if he'd like to follow up uh, from this conversation, I'd love to know more because um, as a whole, yeah, I can see certain parts of that game being very predictable, but the ending, I, I felt like kind of went against the grain unless, you know, you, it was well, very Well, see, binary. that's
0: the other thing. Even just like, so being a player who's never playing the game and knowing mm. that the, the ending was something either unexpected or against the grain, that's a spoiler in and of itself because then you're just sure. like, okay, well, I think I know that it's going this way, but then I also know that there's a twist or I know that there's a change or I know that it's off the beaten track, so... Clearly, it's not the thing that they're trying to make me think. It's something else, and then once you know you're looking for something else, you're like, this is how I play games, Ryan. <laughs> but
1: that sounds terrible. <laughs> I mean,
0: but but, but but I find it very fun. I know, I know an <laughs> intellectual just... pursuit. Every time I sit down and watch a movie, <laughs> and, but
1: that's the thing is like the the ending, the ending of these type of games are binary in the sense that like if you thought hard enough, you'd think of both outcomes, and then the one happens and. Yeah, it doesn't sound. I'm joking. It, it sounds. Everybody <laughs> plays games differently. It doesn't sound terrible. It's just different from the way I play games. And sometimes I'll slip into that. If a game is is really the story is really clicking with me, I might think ahead. I might uh, try to determine where it's going. And usually, because I don't do that often, I'm 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 wrong. Uh, <laughs> unless I'm right, it happens sometimes. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm glad that Joshua emailed us because it's it's good to hear that um that he played it and, and he didn't like it because you know it's no fun when people just email in and say like ryan's right you know so
0: it's always much better when they email in and say jocelyn's right i agree <laughs> <laughs> speaking of that if you'd like to visit us on the web you can do so at gamersandpodcast.com you can also find us on Move tv along with other fabulous podcasts including the angry nerd into the nexus the angry chicken for azeroth embrace the spoilers and heroes forge you can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, and Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. The video versions of all our episodes can be found on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com/slash Amove TV. And if you'd like to be like Joshua and email the show and let us know what you thought about everything we talked about tonight, please do so at info at Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, guys.
1: Bye, everyone.